Genesis chapter 1. I want to talk a couple of minutes about um, the title, We Were Created for Relationships. Amen. We Were Created for Relationships. Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding, that we might be able to walk in your will and in your word, my God. We give you the praise for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Praise God. God bless you all. You may be seated in God's presence. When he says to, you know, when he's making that statement, God said, let us make man. He didn't say, I will make man. He said, let us make man. So he was talking to somebody. So he was talking to Jesus. He was talking to the Holy Spirit. You know, he was talking in his divine counsel. So God's a relational God. You could even see that in the prayer of Jesus. When he taught us how to pray, he says, when you pray, pray this way. He says, our God, you know, our Father, you know, our Lord. In other words, he, he was saying there's a family there. So I appreciate that. God made me a part of the family. He made us relational. We, we, we can have relationship with each other. We can have relationship with God. When Jesus said, when you pray this way, pray our Father means that we were able to relate to Almighty God, not just as the awesome God of, of heaven and earth, who created heaven and earth, but He's our Father. Now, we have a relationship there. Uh, someone said it's a blood relationship, right? You know, when they're your father, they're your mother, they're connected by blood. And we can say that also because we're connected through the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's, that's an awesome thing. Then he says, have dominion over the fish, have dominion over the birds, over the cattle, over all the earth. Even dominion demands relationship. If you go to any country, there's a relationship between the citizens and their leaders. There, there are different types of relationships. But make no mistakes about it, we are social creatures. We, we've uh, been made, created to need others. When God made Adam, he looked at Adam, he says, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone. Adam didn't know that. Adam never had seen a woman. He had never heard about a woman. So he didn't know that he needed a woman. He named the animals, all the animals had relationships, but he didn't have one. And God determined it's not good for a man to be alone. Wow. So he made him a wombed man, a woman, part of mankind. And they walked together and they were able to be fruitful and they multiplied. So relationships are very important. Say to your neighbor, relationships are important. When, when people don't have relationships, it, it affects them. If, if you are put in a room and you're never allowed to have any relationship, you're never allowed to hear any music, somebody singing, somebody talking, uh, you, you can't touch anybody, you, you, know, you go crazy after a while. You have to have relationships. Even those people that, no, I don't need anybody. And they're in Alaska somewhere and they're in a house all by themselves, living by themselves. If you watch them by video while they're not watching, you watch they're talking to themselves. And they're carrying on, carrying on conversations like if it was with somebody else. So that person that said they don't need anybody, they create fictitious people to talk to. Just, just for their sanity's sake. 
we were created for relationships. So say to your neighbor, we were created for relationships. Amen. Praise God. We need people. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Relationship is a connection via blood or culture. Could be culture. You know, from my culture, I'm, I'm uh, some people say New Yorkian. Yeah, they, that's what they, they call Puerto Ricans that are born here, New Yorkian. So I have a culture. When, when I go home and I see my family, they even have a nickname for me. Uh, and it's totally different. You'll never guess what it is. So you guys don't know. You don't know my nickname. Huh? Oh, she wants me to say it. Actually, no. I am Junior, but I, they never called me Junior. I don't know why. They should have. Because I am Junior. I'm Victor Junior. No, actually, not Victor Senior. Come on. Somebody said Junior. Wrong. Eh, one guy. And don't you say anything. Huh? Anybody? My daughter had the blab, right? No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You to, I told you guys not to say anything. Is there anything else that you want to blab while we're at it? You know, I've, I've never... You're not supposed to raise it. You know the, the... Yeah, they call me Papo. And it's interesting. If any of you call me Papo, I will not answer. I will not respond. Papo. My name is Victor, right? But yet, when my cousins call me or when I go to Puerto Rico, uh, there's this unique thing. They call me Popcorn. Yeah, how you doing? How's everything? Uh, so it's a, like a family, familiar thing. And it's endearing, right? Yeah, endearing. They call you Lisi? Lisi. And I only respond to my family. Isn't that interesting, uh, Sister Lisi? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's true. But that's, that's that cultural connection. And it's special. You, you know, you almost become like a different person when you're among them. Not different, like you're real. You, you, your hair's down, so to speak. And, and that also connects us, cultural. Also, it could be a community connection. Maybe it's a, you live in a particular community. You get involved with events there, uh, with the local politics there. There's also a connection. Uh, you might be connected uh, by skin color also, uh, depending on, on the, you know, the political scenario, uh, social scenario. There are many ways we can connect. But make no mistakes about it. We need that. That's important. All right? So uh, I just wanted to share you that. Don't you ever call me Papo. And you, we're going to have words later. Don't you ever preach something and have questions. I'm going to answer them all. I'm just going to answer every single one. One is this. Two is this. Julio, you saw that. You heard it. Do something. All right. Tweet. Tweet something to, to her right now. Thank you. Praise God. So we belong to something bigger than us, bigger than our little world. That's valuable. God has connected us. So say to your neighbor, says, you know, you're very important. You're interconnected to something larger than your own little circle. So all of you are important, every single one of you. Point to somebody, say, you're important. Right, amen. Praise God. Praise God. So... Not only are we important, and not only is it necessary that we have relationships, but we prosper to the degree that we understand and work with our relationships. Ah, uh, this is, no, no, you are so wrong. See, relationships? I just got a tweet. I wasn't even looking, I just put it there. I don't even know why I have it there. You know what it says? That's Julio calling me Papo.
Only he would do that, right? And he's safe. He thinks he's safe. I know where you live, boy. I know where he's at. And right now I could overwhelm him very easily. He cannot outrun me at this point. <laughs> Praise God. All right, I got it. You got me. You got me. There's, there's a saying in the streets, you know. I'll get you back. All right, but Jesus, one time he prayed to the Father. He said, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. Isn't it interesting that Jesus knew it was vital that we be in that place of relationship, healthy relationships, so that, so that we can be our most, at our most. Jesus said, Father, let them be one as you and I already are. We're already functioning in that capacity. When they ask Jesus, what are you doing? He says, I'm doing what I see my Father do. I don't do anything without my Father's um, communication. You see, so he had that level of relationship. And that's the only prayer, or one of the only prayers, that have not been answered yet. Let them be one, as you and I are. It's, it's still in process of being answered. Wow. God made man to be a relational being. He said it's not good for man to be alone. So this month, I think, this whole month, we'll be considering that. Why is it important that we relate? But not only relate, what are some of the dynamics that will help us be successful in our relationships? Because in those relationships is our success in that relationship is the will of God for us because I cannot perform the will of God apart from relationships that was a quote right there do I have some scribes I'm gonna say it again because uh, that just hit me I cannot fulfill the will of God apart from relationships I'm gonna say it one more time I cannot perform the will of God or do the will of God apart from relationships. So whenever you say, I don't need those people. I don't need to go to church. Ah, I'm later for them. Watch out. Because contained in relationships are part of the tools, the resources, and the benefits that you need to be able to activate the will of God in your life. Another part of relationship is, is I only prosper to the, to the degree that I understand relationships and I understand how to use relationships. Successful salesmen know that. Successful salesmen, they'll knock on your door, you'll tell them no. They'll knock on your door again, you tell them no. They'll send you a letter, you tell them no. They'll send you an email, they'll tell you no. They'll, they'll send you a, tw a tweet, you got it right? The, the, after a while, you, you know, you almost like you're hearing Urkel. Who's the Urkel? What you, anybody says, knows yeah. who Urkel is? Yeah. Family ties. Family ties in the, 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 the nerd. Family matters. Yes, yes. Uh, the nerd with glasses. One time he told the girl that he was rapping to, you know, he really loved her. He, he looks at her and she's upset at him. She says, no, don't give me that. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything to do with you. He goes, I'm wearing you down. <laughs> Didn't he say that? And you know something? The nerd gets the girl at the end. <laughs> Salesmen know that. They know that they can't make their commission unless they make a close, unless they connect relationally with people, and then they're able to sell their product. So not only will they finally wear you down to the point that you uh, uh, buy the product, then 
they'll come back at you and say, now that you bought this one, I have something else for you just in case. And now since you trust them, since you made the initial connection, they'll make more money off of you. And then they'll continue to, they, it says service the client, but in, in, in reality what they're doing is they're working their relationship so that relationship can continue to be open so you could get that symbiotic um, essence where, where I give you, you give me. Well, what does the salesman give me? A product that I need or want, right? And what do you give? Money. You give the guy money or the guy money. Yes. That is powerful and most people don't understand that. You're busy killing most of your relationships. Well, later for you, later for you, later for you. What do you mean later? That, later for my inheritance. Later for my inheritance. Later for my inheritance. That's what you're doing. Every relationship has something good, or at least most of them. Most relationships have something good. So you need to identify in each relationship what is the benefit that you could give them and they can give you. Sometimes the person that God connects you to is your future answer. It could be a future husband, future wife, future person that will connect you to another person who will connect you to a job. You never know. One time I worked at a, a building where I had a, a, the worst possible scenario for me at that moment that I thought. It was this, um, I was a manager, worked for a board, and they put a guy on a board who had nothing to do. He was 86 years old. He had nothing to do. But yet he had been an expert of efficiency, management. He would take Fortune 500 companies and fire this, fire that person, fire that person, make it efficient and make it productive again. Meanwhile, he had been retired. He had nothing to do. He had wrote six books on management and a very famous man, and, but he had none to do. Suddenly he gets on the board, he gets on the house committee, he becomes my direct boss. Wow, a guy who has nothing to do, who has all this energy, all this experience, and loves efficiency. Guess where he was every single morning, every single day? My office opened at 8. He was there at 7.55. And he'd open up his notes. And the guy was 86, and he was a master of paperwork. And he never forgot a thing. Because he had a system that always reminded him. It was like a tickler system. It was old-fashioned, outdated, outmoded, no phone, no smartphone, just paper. But he did it in such a way that he'd remind himself. So he'd come into my office, you'd say, and, and maybe some of you heard it, been with me for a long time, Julio, Julio. You know, but then again, Julio's like 70 years old, right? You're like 70 years old, so you, you've been with me for a long time, right? He would go, he'd walk into my office, Mr. N. That's how he'd walk, very slow, 86 years old. Point number one, gum on the street. Point number two, a dog uh, and a little turd over there and whatever. Just the simplest things. And for me, that was just so unimportant. But he was a part of the board. I had to listen to him. After all, after all, that's how I made my money. So I'm sitting there. Yes, we picked up the turd. Yes, we picked up the gun. Uh, gum. Gun. I felt like shooting him with it. <laughs> but this was every single... Meanwhile, I'm running an entire building. I have a staff of over 30. I have problems. I have issues. I have people that are very, you know, they have a lot of money. And they want their stuff done now. And yet that guy was there every single day. So after, let's say about maybe a year of this, I sat down and he's talking to me and I'm going, uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, I, Mr. W. Mr. W, can I say something? He says, oh, okay. So I'll go, every day, 
You're here, this, that, 0 0.1, 0 0.3, 0 0.5, 0 0.7, 0 0.10. I get them done. And then what about three? What about seven? And I just went on. I just ranted. I just, you know, I just let them have it that day. Not bad, respectfully, but I just, see, he's looking at me. You don't see anything in his face. Stone. Don't you hate that? You want to read a person. Am I getting through? Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I'm there. Finally, after I finish, I go, all right, that's all I have to say. Finish? Good. Back to point number three. Oh, cold. I mean, that's it. I was done. Then he realized that, that he had like so totally offended me. I mean, I had gone on. I had asked for at least a little bit, just, just a little bit of mercy. Just a little, nothing, not even a reaction. So finally he called and he says, Mr. I like you. But one thing, then he just went on, and he went on to say how cold business is, you need to understand your product, and all this stuff, and you know, looking back now, I grew more with this guy on my back for three years and a half than I had done like maybe 20 years, yeah, it ended up being three years and a half. Yeah, amen, I praised God a lot during that time too. <laughs> but you know something, I grew more in that relationship than I had grown in 20 years previous. Sometimes God will send somebody that you could almost know for a fact. You've got a divine revelation that that guy's like the uncle of Satan. <laughs> right? But yet, later on, when you open up your eyes and you see how beneficial that relationship was, you realize that God connected him to you to cut some junk off of you, to cut some immaturity off of you. Now I'm going to get... No amens. I understand that. But sometimes God will send somebody that seems like a hard time. And it isn't that it's a hard time. It's just operations are painful. And sometimes God is operating on you because there's some stuff in your current today that are going to be useless in your tomorrow. So you can't walk into your tomorrow with that stuff. So God has to send you an answer. And the answer looks like a tough boss, a tough coworker, a family member, you know, at you, not letting you get away with stuff. Amen. Another, year, another issue I had years ago, was, uh, when I first had become a doorman at age 18, was that I had a problem getting to work on time. So I'm sure nobody here has that problem. All of you get to work on time, I mean, you're amazing. You never get to work on time, it's great. I had a problem, I had a, I had a problem getting to work on time. So... Um, about a, maybe a couple of weeks afterwards, my boss comes up to me and says, listen, if you don't fix this thing, you're fired. Just like that. And I went, wow, what an evil boss. Just an evil, evil to the core. You know, I couldn't see that I was the one with the issue. And finally, I fixed it, not because I caught the revelation, but because, you know, I don't want to hear this guy's mouth anymore. You know, I don't want to hear his mouth anymore. But years later, I said, thank God for him. I still remember his name. He helped me because he did the hard thing. He, Put me in my place. So what I want to say is relationships are answers. So say to your neighbor, relationships are important. That's my grandson trying to out-preach me. Not yet, not yet, boy. You don't got enough lung power for me just yet. Praise God. So our first relationship, who should it be with? One, uh, hello? Julio, you're going to have to uh, Twitter me again or something because they're not, I don't know, maybe a summer. Amen. Almighty God. 
interesting. When Adam failed in the garden, he primarily failed in his relationship and obedience to God. He also failed in his responsibility and relationship, in his communication, in his protection to his wife. Because the enemy came to the wife. If Adam would have been there in his relationship, he would have stopped that. And he didn't. So when we fail, many times it's a failure in relationships or understanding relationships or understanding the accountability of our relationships. Out of relationship, everything else should fall in place. So out of your relationship with Almighty God, everything else should fall in place. Stress, worry, anxiety, all related emotions like that are rooted in a lack of knowledge or confidence or in the wrong set of ideas and perspectives. So if you're worrying too much, somewhere along the line, your relationship with God is missing. Because you're worrying means, oh, something's going to go wrong. Uh, God's not going to answer. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get the resource I need. You're not trusting God. We need to be in that place of relationship with God, and that will bring in the other sets, which is love, peace, joy. Say that with me, love, peace. Joy. See, if, if, if I'm in connection with Him, if I'm hearing Him, then what will flow through me? Peace. Because I know He'll work it out. He'll give me the wisdom. I know I might have to endure something for a season, but sooner or later, the answer is going to come. Sooner or later, He's going to work the, 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 the benefit for me and for my, and for my family. Amen? <clears throat> but what's happening now is that we trust news over God. We trust our smartphones over God. We, we have pseudo-relationships. Yeah, I have 5,000 friends. Do you really have 5,000 friends? I bet you really don't have 5,000 friends. Right on FB. Right now, I think I have 324 friends. But when I look at the list, half of the people, I don't know them. But according to FB, they're my friends. This is our problem. We don't work our relationships today. Because I don't know that person. That person might have be something about uh, a, a, an album they created or something special in, 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 you know, Honolulu somewhere. But it's not really working a relationship. I work my relationship when I work with him. When I sit down with him and I talk. I say, how you doing? Is everything all right? I had a hard day today. How you doing? My wife, I talk. We, we, we purposefully talk a lot. And I learned this years ago. My wife takes, I guess, more time communicating her thoughts to me. And then all day I'm working at the job, so I'm talking. I'm talking. Contractors, board of directors, managers. When I come home, I'm talked out. So when I come home, she starts talking to me. And in the early days, she says, get to the point. Come on, come on, come on. And, you know, didn't, we didn't communicate well. But I, after a while, I understood. Hold, hold on a second. Not only is she communicating to me, she needs to communicate to me. And number two, she has wisdom to communicate with me. So I need to hear it because in, in her thoughts and in the way she processes, some of the stuff is an answer for me. So when she talks to me, I sit down, okay, talk to me, let's go. Sometimes we'll talk right in bed. We're laying down before going to bed. And we talk, we just chat until I hear uh, her roncando or she hears me roncando, <laughs> snoring. <laughs> yeah, well, we give ourselves a cue. Says, All right, enough, uh, good night. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But that's important. <laughs> it's just the way, that's part of a... Uh, see, Crystal didn't have to mention that. I mentioned myself. 
But it's, we talk, and we talk a lot on purpose, and that continues to keep us sensitive to each other. I know her needs, I know her wants, her desires. Why? Because she communicates with me, and I'm listening. So say to your neighbor, one of the arts of communication, just learning to listen. Just learning to listen. Everybody wants to talk. In most communication, most talking, people really don't care what you, you have to say. They only want to hear what they have to say. It's just the way it is. So if you learn that, you learn how, mm -hmm, okay, I'm hearing with her. Okay, it's important to that person. Okay, fine. So let's go that angle. And, and I serve that person sometimes just by listening. Sometimes the greatest problems could be solved just by listening, letting the person talk. I know Minister Liz right now, she's saying, yep, that in point two and point three. And she's got like about five more points right out. She's <laughs> studying that. But it's true. It's amazing how many things could be solved or at least remedied or ameliorated just by listening. Amen? And we first need to listen to God because God has something to say. And in prayer, we've been here Wednesdays in prayer. I've been at home on a conference call praying with people. And that is creating a higher level of discernment in this congregation. When we're praying with each other, when we're praying with Almighty God, speaking to God, the Spirit of God is speaking today and the things He wants to say to you. Now, out of that relationship, out of that stillness, you'll be able to hear God more. Does this only happen to me or does this happen to you also? Sometimes you have so many voices in your head, so many things to do, so many activities that happen in the day that it's hard to hear anything. Has that happened to you? Raise your hands if that's happening. Yeah, and I realize, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. And sometimes I'm praying, and that thing that activates, the other one activates, the other thing fires, and I'm going, whoa, calma, te chico, calm down. I have to think. Hold on, God, I want to, you know, pray and and not, not thinking about four or five things. So sometimes you need to calm your mind down just so you could get into that communication. Same thing as if I'm talking with my wife. And she's talking to me. Meanwhile, I'm thinking about the boiler problem, this problem, the other problem, the church problem, that, the basement, this, you know. And I'm thinking, ah, uh -huh, see, see. But I'm not listening. So, whoa, whoa, hold on. Okay, what are you saying? Say that again. I didn't catch you. That happened to anybody here? Oh, I thought it was only me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yes, yes. So we have to learn how to refocus our mind so that we could get the essence and the extract of the relationships. When Elijah was at the end of his ministry, he called a guy named Elisha. He said, come here a second. I need to mentor you for a season. So for a season, Elisha walked with Elijah. And out of that relationship, Elijah got the extract of the man's anointing. So when it was time for Elijah to be taken away, Elijah says, stay here. I'm, you know, I got to go with God. He says, no, Elisha said, I'm, I have to be with you. Because when you leave, I need your mantle. So Elisha stayed with, with the prophet Elijah till the end. And when Elijah was taken away, the mantle fell upon Elisha. Elisha came back with the mantle, and all of the prophets said, Ooh, he got the mantle of his father. It wasn't his natural father, but it was such a relationship that Elisha would call Elijah my father. What about Moses? Moses was a great man of God, anointed, right? But he was getting close to being taken away by Almighty God, right? So God brings in somebody to his life, a guy named Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of God, 
Joshua, Moses' assistant, was called to take the responsibility. Notice it's called him his assistant. But that word really is deacon. So what did Joshua do for 40 years? Serve Moses. Moses, what do you need? You need some water? What do you need? Anything that was needed, Joshua was there to help Moses. And after 40 years, who's the one that got the job? Who's, who got tapped on the shoulder to take care of, of the next level of responsibility? It was Joshua. See, and that's what most people don't understand. If you're not, in, if you're not connected to very important relationships, relationships that can help your future, you will miss out on some of the greatest potential benefits in your life. Amen. Some of the greatest promotions in your job. I don't like this because they, you know, they, they don't do it, so I'm not going to do it either. Big mistake. Go the next level. Do a little more. Come earlier, leave later. Whatever it, is, whatever it is that you need to do. People are watching. They won't say anything. But when it comes time to be tapped on the shoulder for the promotion, guess who they're going to give it to? The people that management sees they can trust, that can, that can spend the extra hour, that can work a little harder. Relationships. New Testament. What about Paul and Timothy? Yes. Paul called Timothy his son in the faith. Now, if you look at what Timothy did with Paul, amazing. He went with him traveling. He would get sometimes in trouble, be put in jail. Whatever it was, Timothy was there. Took care of his physical needs, took care uh, of any need he had, even in terms of communications. Timothy was always there. Who got tapped on the shoulder? It was Timothy. You look at Timothy's trajectory, he had a great history, awesome ministry. What about the greatest mentor of all? Who's that? Christ. Almighty God. In Christ, in his manifestation. What did he do with the 12 disciples? Anybody? How? How did he mentor them? Exactly. He lived with them. He walked with them. He, he, he says, come here. Follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. See, so that means we have to have some people with us. Who's hanging out with you? Who's your Timothy? What do I mean by that? Who's the younger one in the faith that you're mentoring? You should always have a Timothy. No, that's not my job. That's pastor's job. No, it's all of our jobs. Exactly. We should all have a Timothy. Um, who's your Paul? Who's a Paul? Well, the one that's in the kingdom longer than you and that is helping you in your walk with God. Who's your Paul? Or maybe your Paulette. <laughs> You should always have a Paul or a Paulette. Somebody that's mentoring you. Somebody that's been in the kingdom longer than you. Somebody knows more than you in the kingdom of God. That you know to be a righteous person. That you know to be a man or woman of God. Filled with the, the Spirit of God. That can help guide you. Who is your Paul? Well, what about a friend in the kingdom of God? Do you have a friend? Or are all your friends FBs? <laughs> yeah, who's your friend? Who is your Barnabas? That's the one that sees you with your hair down still loves you. That's the one where you mess up and they still love you. Where everybody else runs away, they're still there with you. Who is your Barnabas? We've got to have them. They're necessary. They're vital. So in your relationships this week, I, I want you to start discerning. Do you have healthy relationships? Are, do you have he relationships that are leading you closer to God? Or every time you get together with that person, you, you come out depressed. You know, there are people, you hang out with them, you get depressed. You, you, you hang out with some people and you come out feeling guilty. 
There's some people you hang out with, forget it. They lead you down the wrong path. Guaranteed. So what do we do with people like that? It's a question. What do you do with people like that? Absolutely. You pray for them. You love them. But you have to be careful what you're getting from them. You have to be careful what you allow in your ear gates and your eye gates. You have to be careful how people position you. Because make no mistakes about it. Some people can manipulate you. Some people are experts at manipulation. I have some in my own family. Just manipulators. And, I go, and as soon as I'm leaving, I'm going, man, I feel terrible. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I have some people in my family, so do you ever say that to me again? Don't you ever say that about me or my family again? I know who I am in Christ. I don't need you to tell me. By the way, what you're telling me is wrong. I know my destiny in God. You know? Even my mom, I told you last week. I had to correct her one time. For those of you that weren't here last week. She was so convinced that the Nazarios were locos. You know what loco is, right? Crazy. She would always say to me from time to time, say, oh, you got to be careful. <laughs> you know the Nazarios, they're crazy. And the reason why she would say that is because in the old days, some of the older Nazarios, when they had a problem with somebody else, they would immediately take out the machete to start fighting. And they chop each other up. <laughs> so she'd say that to me. And when I was a kid, you know, Nazarios son loco. So I grew up with that. And suddenly, you know, I come to Christ. I hear what the Word says about me. Now I start getting conflicting um, impressions here. She's saying I'm crazy because I'm, you know, for my, my legacy, my, my past, my, my family. And meanwhile, the God, my, my, my heavenly father saying to me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a new creation in Christ. Praise God. And I'm special in him. He loves me. I have a purpose. He wants to bless me. He only thinks good thoughts of me. But meanwhile, she does so long ago. So after a while, one day she says that, I went, whoa, 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 mom. Let's make something clear. Nazarios are blessed people. They're spirit-filled. They're great producers. And I just started going on and on. She's like, huh? I said, we're not crazy. We're very sane. I have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, I just, I, I just went on and on. She said, well, but tu, tu sabe, you know. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I don't know that anymore. Don't ever say that to me again. I, I don't want to hear it. I reject that categorically. <laughs> I, I did that to my mom. And then she tried another, another time, she tried saying it immediately. I said, no, 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 I don't accept that. I don't receive it. We're blessed. And I went, right, the same thing. Because I want her to know that. That just because something in the past, you don't need to keep it and own it. Or you, you need to understand you're trying to give me something that's no longer part of my lineage. I have a different lineage now. I'm blessed. My children are blessed. My grandchildren are blessed. Why? Because God said so. And I'd rather have his testimony than man's testimony. Some of you have stuff that you got from your background. Oh, you're this, this, that. No more. The Bible says we're new creatures in Christ. New creations in Christ. The old stuff is done away with. Everything is brand new. Amen. Amen. So I only want relationships that are going to bless me. That are going to bring me higher. And then me, of course, I'm also going to help them come higher. Those that can't help me, I'll still love them. I'll still minister to them. But I'm not going to hang out with them and let them talk to me continuously and bring me down. I'm not going to do that anymore because at the end of the day, you're responsible for your future. You're responsible to embrace who God has made you to be. And we need to stop making excuses. Well, you know, I don't have strength. Yes, you do. God gives you new strength today. Amen. 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 God gives you new wisdom today to be able to see these things and moderate them in such a way that they're going to bless you. And anything that's going to hinder you, you kick it to the curb. You only have one life. 
You only have a certain amount of time to do this. So make sure that people are going to help you so that you can be the best you're called to be for you, for your family, for your children, your grandchildren, for your local church, for your community. Praise God. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to praise God. You don't have to get so excited. Some of you are so excited. I mean, you want to jump out of your seats, I see. <laughs> praise God. So in conclusion, in conclusion, John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. There's another relationship. When we come to Christ and we connect with him, we make him our Lord and Savior by virtue of receiving him, believing in him, confessing him as Lord and Savior accepting Him as Lord and Savior. He turns around now and adopts you into the family of God. So now you have all the legal rights. You have, you're authoritative now in the heavenly realm. You have rights now as a child of God. To all that receive Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God wants a relationship with you. And out of that relationship, you get the winning part because He takes all your problems, all your issues, all your failures. He takes your past, cleanses it all. And, and the Bible says it's not that He hides it. It's not it, that now it's in a computer on standby. No, He gets rid of it. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. Praise God. Everything is brand new. I know who you were. No, no, you don't know nothing. That person's dead, gone, by. I am brand new. Yeah, I really know who you are. No, no, you know the old person. That person's dead. You do not know me. You want to know me today? Hang out with me now. Come to, come to church with me. You'll know who I am now. That other stuff doesn't count anymore. Hallelujah. Because God wiped the slate clean. There's a legal term for that. Amen. What's that legal term? When they expunges it? God expunges your record. Mm. Like that. Emphasis. He can't say expunge. If I was a lawyer, I would go, Your Honor, I ask that you expunge. Person, this is such a power. <laughs> the judge will say, What's the matter with this guy? No, I, said, I just, I feel so passionate about that. Because God expunged my past. He expunged my sins. Got rid of them. Gone. Nowhere to be found. If the enemy were to come to the court of heaven and say, yeah, but he did this and this and God says, I don't see it. It's not on the record. But, but I am not on the record. It must have been expunged. It was expunged by the blood of Jesus. Amen. So who you are? Mighty child of God. Who are you? A prince with God and man. Who are you? A king and priest unto your God. A royal priesthood. Hallelujah. A holy nation. You're special. Glory to God. Amen. Greater is he that is us than he that is in the world. So now let's cultivate those relationships, build on them, and make sure we become all that we're called to be, to be, and then pursue relationships with others, not just for your benefit, but who can you benefit in the coming days?